Hey, so before you go, I want to let you know that on Thursday, March 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern, I'm hosting an open house for anyone interested in learning more about exactly how we help our clients sell five-figure web design projects and create consistent revenue. You can register for the open house at webdesigneracademy.com forward slash open house. It's going to be super low key and I'll be breaking down what's really in the way of you selling five-figure web design projects, creating consistent revenue, or just reaching that next level of your web design business. I'll talk about how to know if your web design business is ready for a hands-on business coaching program like the Web Designer Academy or our Next Level Mastermind. I'll walk you through both of our Web Designer Academy and Next Level programs, who they're for, and explain exactly what you'll do during our time working together. I'll share the financial investment, the time investment, and what's included when you work with us. I'll tell you how to apply and give you all of the important dates around the application and our current open enrollment period and all of the bonuses around that. And then we'll have a plenty of time for my favorite part, Q&A. So just go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash open house to save your spot today. There will be a replay sent out to anyone who registers if you can't make it live. So that's webdesigneracademy.com forward slash open house. And I'll see you there. Bye. Welcome to The Profitable Web Designer, a podcast for web designers who want to work less and make more money. I'm your host, Shannon Mattern, founder of The Web Designer Academy, where we've helped hundreds of web designers stop undercharging, overworking, and create profitable, sustainable web design businesses. Hey, so really quick, I have something I am so excited to share with you. We have launched a premium edition of the Profitable Web Designer Podcast. I have an archive of over 180 transformational web design business coaching call recordings full of gold that until now have only been available in a private podcast feed to Web Designer Academy students. But now we're giving you, our valued Profitable Web Designer Podcast listeners, the opportunity to upgrade to Profitable Web Designer Premium and get a drop of the first 10 coaching call replays in the archive as soon as you sign up and then two new episodes every single week thereafter overflowing with mindset and strategy on topics like pricing, marketing, getting clients, managing difficult clients, and so much more. And when you subscribe, you will lock in our special Profitable Web Designer premium founding member price of just $10 a month. And you can cancel anytime. Yes, you heard that right. Just $10 a month for as long as you're a subscriber and you can cancel anytime. And what you hear in Profitable Web Designer Premium could completely transform your web design business forever. So go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash premium to subscribe now and you will get a drop of the first 10 episodes immediately as soon as you subscribe. This exclusive founding member offer goes away soon. So head over to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash premium to subscribe now. That's webdesigneracademy.com forward slash premium. Okay, back to the show. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Profitable Web Designer Podcast. I am here today with Heather Wild-Smith. 
She is a sales coach who specializes in helping entrepreneurs confidently raise their rates while closing up to 70% of their best leads. And I know you guys love the topic of sales on this podcast. It's one of the things that either you love it or you hate it or you try to avoid it or all the things. So Heather, I'm so, so glad you are here today to talk about this topic. Can you share a little bit more with our listeners just about about you and your background? Yeah. So thanks for having me. Yeah. So sales, uh, as I was telling you a little bit before we got on, I hated sales. I hated it. It's like the biggest cosmic joke that I ended up being a sales coach. (laughs) So I... I came in starry-eyed to the coaching industry and I just wanted to save the world and quickly realized that I was not going to save anybody, much less myself, unless I learned how to sell and market. So I started investing in the sales and marketing programs and everything, well, not everything, but so much of what they taught me felt so sleazy and so pushy and completely out of alignment with my mission to help people. And... So I just, I kept investing and, and I kept seeing the same things over and over again. And I was like, no matter who I talk to, it's basically the same process. It still feels gross. I quit the coaching industry a number of times because I was not willing to sell out my values to make money, nor to harm people who were coming to me for help. And finally, just kind of had like this download moment where I realized that if I wanted to live my mission and my purpose, that I had to learn to sell. So I was going to have to figure out a way of selling that that worked, didn't make me want to throw up in my mouth. And um, about six months later, I had figured out a way of selling that actually felt good and was fun. And then I started teaching it to other people and it started working for them. And I was like, well, I guess this is how I have the biggest impact is I help the truly high integrity coaches, healers, and service providers learn how to sell in a way that doesn't feel gross. And I don't stick them totally into my system. I teach them and then we customize it because everybody's values and, and everything are a little bit different, right? And I just love it because I think high integrity people have the hardest time marketing and selling. And it's uh, it shows in our industry. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to dig into this with you because like, I also hated sales so much that like back when I started my business, I had such a bad relationship with sales that like I started off by teaching entrepreneurs how to build a website for free in exchange for affiliate commissions from other companies because Mm. I was like, I couldn't even get to the point where I like, I'm like, I'm going to sell you something and we're going to have an exchange. I'm like, how about I sidestep it so that I'm giving you something and they're the ones paying me? Like what in the world? Like how convoluted is that? Because my experience of being sold to up until that point was like, well, if I have, if this is how this is, I can't do it. But I also want the result of having a business and being my own boss and all of the things. So I'm going to just have to figure out a way around it. And I love that you figured out a way through it. So can we talk more about that? About like, what were the things that you were, that weren't in alignment with you? Let's start there. Probably the biggest thing was the whole concept of overcoming objections. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> ah. And so the one. <laughs> okay, tell me more. <laughs> so the way that I was, I'm putting air quotes for all of y'all in audio land. The way I was taught to sell was here's a script, ask these questions. They're magical. They're going to have the client just talk themselves into working with you. Then you're going to pitch. And if they don't say yes, then you are going to argue and belittle and bully and gaslight and shame them until they buy. Because they really want to say yes. That's what we're taught. They really want to say yes. You're just helping them get out of their own way by overcoming their objections. Yes. And so something similar that I've heard is that these people need what you're selling. And so it's okay to push them into buying because it's for their own good. And I talk about that in my book, the online entrepreneur survival guide that came out in March of 22. And I'm I'm re-releasing a new edition in like the next month or so. But I call it like narcissistic rationalization. (laughs) You know, it's like these people need it. So it's okay. It's okay to be a disgusting human being because you're really being of service. And it's like, no, I'm doing a survey right now of common, common experiences in the coaching world. And 17 people have taken it so far. And I think 12 of them have said that they felt bullied and or rushed into the buying decision. Yeah. And that doesn't make a good experience for them. They're not going to get the results that they came for. It makes for like, you end up working with the wrong people if you're the person doing the bullying or the pushing or the chasing or the whatever. Yeah. The bro marketing. Let's just say it. It's bro marketing (laughs) and it must die. (laughs) Uh, I love it. So you experienced like investing to learn how to sell, approaching that, like getting, running into the same thing over and over. Here's the magic script. This is the process. They're just going to be pulling out their wallet. But if they're not, you have to like gaslight them into why they're in their own way if they don't want to spend this money. And how did you then... Like, how did you then go on the process of like figuring out what was in alignment with you? Yeah. So, you know, I kept thinking, well, I'm going to find somebody who's going to teach me this differently. And I was like, I don't know anything about this. I, I felt very much like an imposter and I love to learn. And I have, I think it's, it's very valuable to have a student mindset. And at the same time, you kind of have to find with each mentor where having an open mindset is good and where you draw that line of like, no, this is not good for me. And that's a tricky thing to figure out, right? And what the mistake I made in all these programs, I was like $14,000 in debt before I started making consistent sales and selling high ticket. The mistake I made was that I would find a few things that didn't feel morally aligned and then I would just throw the baby out with the bathwater. So when I finally got it through my head that I was like, okay, you know, you are here to help people. You're here to change lives. You can't do it if you're working for Uber 14 hours a day and then trying to work on a business on the side. You've got to learn to sell. And what I did was I went back and I revisited the least toxic training that I had been through. And I just kind of like one mentor called it 
eating the fish and spitting out the bones. And so when I went back and I wasn't in this just like hyper defensive mode, I could see that there was a lot of good there. And so I took what was good there and what was good from here. And I kind of pulled a bunch of things together. And one of the things that I I realized, you know, like their quote unquote training was just read these questions, these sales questions, but nobody talked about what are you listening for? Right. And when I started to geek out about it, I was like, oh, the concept of ideal client avatar is one of the most poorly thought taught things in the business world. Yeah. (laughs) Right. They have you like, you can spend hours creating this fictional character. It's completely not helpful. So I really didn't like that concept until I started geeking out about sales. And I'm like, oh my God, if you don't know who your ideal client is for this offer, you don't know what to be listening for in these questions. So figuring that out was like, oh, okay, you know. But the biggest thing, the thing I'm most proud of is that I took some of the things I had learned about navigating objections, handling objections, overcoming objections, and again, took like the least toxic parts of it. And I'm like, okay, how could this be useful or how can I tweak this so that it's not awful? And then I combined it with a thing about the rationalization that your mentors spoke about, like, well, they want to say yes, so it's okay to push them, right? So the reason that happens, or one of the reasons, is that in the beginning of the conversation, you're talking to their higher human consciousness. You're talking to like the cerebellum, right? And the cerebellum is all about possibility and change is good and blah, 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 blah. But as soon as you start talking about reallocating resources, so reallocating focus, time, money, so basically you've pitched to them, that's when their critter brain, (laughs) the reptilian brain gets activated and is like, oh my God, wait, change is bad, we could die. It's like um, the dad from the Croods. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen that? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, and then she died, you know? <laughs> so once, <laughs> once I understood that, I had so much compassion. Instead of feeling like it was a standoff with somebody when they said, oh, I don't know if I can afford this or if I don't have the time, it helped me to start coming at it from compassion. And so what I do and what I teach is that we don't overcome objections. We address concerns and we help people to see like, how much of this objection is fear and limiting beliefs and how much is actual a real world situation? Because it's usually both. And the way most people teach sales is to say everything is a mindset. Any objection, any question is a mindset issue or, you know, just a fear. And, and sometimes I have no money really means I have no money. <laughs> yes. That makes so much sense what you just said of that, like, People start off in a, and I've been on the side of selling, of being in a discovery call where it's all like excitement and logic and analytics. And then when it's like, okay, well, tell me, like, it's time to talk about, like, what does this actually look like? Their whole body language changes and they like kind of tense up. And I love how it, and I've, my thought process is like, I'm doing this part wrong. Like I'm doing something to make them feel unsafe. I need to change how I do this. 
like this is not how I want people to to feel. And what I'm hearing from you is that this is just going to be the natural, the brain's natural reaction to a reallocation of resources. And in that moment, compassion for what they're feeling is the only thing required. Because yeah, I can totally understand that. It's like, it's not even about the money. I mean, it is because money's a real money means a lot of things to us. Like, it's like, oh, if I give you this money, am I going to be unsafe? If I shift my time right. around, am I going to like lose love and safety and security over here because I'm not able to provide? Like, that just me. I've never heard it said that way before. And never like been really able to like identify what's going on in that moment when people are so excited and then they're not, or they are so excited and they're like, yes, I would love to work with you. And then they just ghost because it's like, it felt safe in that moment to people please you Mm -hmm. to say yes, but then they really weren't going to say yes. I don't know. That's just what was coming up for me as you shared all of that. So. What are your thoughts on, on all of that? <laughs> yeah. And that like the way most people teach objections is overcoming them, you know, at a sell at all cost, which I love what you pointed out. And I talk about this in the book. I talk about it with my clients. You don't want to overcome objections. When you push somebody into buying, they're not a good fit. Or even if they are a good fit and they just weren't quite ready yet, they're not going to get as good of results. And it's going to be, if you are truly a high integrity person who is in this in your business for the right reasons, which is to truly be of service to people, yes, you can make great money and really be of service to people, right? But there's people that have kind of the cart for the horse, you know? So, you know, if you're really here to help people, then you only want to work with people that are a great fit and if you're working with somebody who's not a great fit, it's going to drain you. It's going to affect other parts of your business. It's going to affect your personal life. It's a downward spiral. But if you're working with great fit clients, it's an upward spiral on everything. And I really emphasize that to people. Like not all money is good money. But what you're saying, like that that realization that this is not a standoff, it's not a adversarial thing, which is how most people teach over, you know, overcoming objections is adversarial. It's a collaborative moment where you have compassion because we've all been there yeah. where we were really excited. And then somebody pitched and we were like, oh, shit, (laughs) you know, I'm sorry. I don't know. Are there cursing allowed on here? It's yeah. I mean, I don't disallow it. So you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How about this? Trying to be mindful of my audience. You be you on this podcast. There could be a lot of f bombs. <laughs> maybe maybe so, we'll keep it PG thirteen because I know people have listened with their kids. But yeah, you be you. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, just just warning you: if you reach out to me, I, I curse like a sailor. If that's not what you want in a coach, then, then we're not a good match. Contact me; I can help you find somebody who's a better match. Um, <laughs> well, I think that's important to know too. Like out. being yourself in the sales process. Right? Like 1000%. I can be considerate and monitor my language for a podcast. But if I'm having to do that with a client, I'm not going to be at my best because a part of my brain is now being used to hold myself back instead of just having all of my mental focus to just be able to, to 
you know, use my brilliance and use my genius to like, and I'm very collaborative. Like my sessions are not just me talking at people. It's me like, it's me pulling up a document and actually going through your homework with you so that I know for sure that what you think you learned is what you actually needed to learn. And then we tweak things and, and yada, yada. But going back to like that, that moment, it's almost like you're talking to a different personality, right? You go from talking to the human to talking to the cave person, basically. And the funny thing is, is like the cave person is now holding the human hostage and it thinks it's the good guy, right? So it's trying to protect. And so I have a funny thing in one of my, um, in one of my master classes, or it's it's um, how to handle objections without being an asshole. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I talk about you know at this moment when they switch from the human to the caveman, you have a choice. You know, do you shoot, walk away, or negotiate? And the best way is to negotiate. You know, have a talk with this cave person part of them and see if there's a way to frame it that they can feel safe. And this is where like you really show if you're a high integrity entrepreneur, this is where you really, really get to showcase that. And if you do this process well, it can actually deepen the bond and make somebody who was already going to be a great fit, like really, really get them some stellar blah, blah, blah results because you've created such trust. And you've shown compassion and you've shown that you're not like so many of the other online business people who's just going to try to rush and push them into a decision. And maybe the, the money, you know, the money objection is probably the most common one. And maybe it's real. Maybe they really do have some severe financial stuff going on and maybe they don't buy right then, but they're going to remember that you treated them with compassion and humanity and empathy And when they get the money, they're going to come back and they're going to work with you. And it's going to be a much better fit for everybody, you know, rather than just saying, well, here's a link to a credit card. Yeah, no. (laughs) I've had that happen to me before. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, absolutely not. One of the things that you said earlier is like, if I'm really all about helping people, it's about like you know, working with the right people. But I also think it's like helping the wrong people not invest in something that is not the right fit for them. Yes. So my sales process, honestly, is more about striking people out as quickly as possible than it is trying to like, here's where most sales trainings and and sales coaches go wrong. They have people out there trying to create as many leads as possible and then playing this follow up and they like it's a numbers game is like a real common one and what happens is that i don't know you do something and you get 100 leads in a month and there's people that are generating far more leads than that but the thing is they're not quality leads they're just people right and you will burn yourself out and drive yourself crazy trying to nurture all these people and the people who actually are a good fit will end up falling through the cracks for the most part, right? So it's very important to know what I call your ideal client traits. But this is something we talked about a little bit before we got started was it's also really important to know your nightmare client traits. 
and to be really aware of those so that when you're talking to somebody in the DMs or you're reading people's posts or they're commenting on your stuff, this is, you know, for people that are social media marketing, but it could also be if you were doing a discovery call with somebody, you need to know what those traits are so that you can recognize them quick so that you are not wasting time and energy trying to nurture somebody that is a freebie hunter or is just not in the right place, or maybe they have all their ducks in a row and they're like, people don't talk about starting points. Starting point is really important, but maybe they are at the ideal starting point, but their personality is going to drive you effing nuts. And for me, I not only am I not going to enjoy that, but I'm also not going to be able to deliver for that person because they're going to drive me crazy. And it's not fair for me to take their money if I'm not going to be able to do my best for them. Yeah. One of the things that's coming up for me as you're sharing that is like a lot of times I see with web designers and we talk about this in our program, like they have an employee mindset where they're like, I'm the service provider, you're the client and anyone who wants to hire me gets to hire me regardless of who they are and how they treat people that I'm just, I am trying to like be chosen by the client. And what I say is like, no, that whole dynamic is totally flipped. We got to flip that dynamic in your mind because you get to look at yourself and your life and how you want to live it and what you ultimately want that to be and work backwards from there to identify who gets to work with you in what capacity. And that's the power that and I don't like to use the word power, but that's the only word I can come up with at this point to like describe that, like the dynamic of I'm allowing you to work with me and it'll be a collaboration. And so it's, they have to shift it in their mind that it's not like, oh, like, let me do whatever I can to get you to choose me. And that's how you end up, I think, in that, in that place where then People say no for whatever reason, but you're like, oh, they didn't choose me. It's like, if if you can fix that dynamic, then you can do the things that you're talking about. I think if that dynamic isn't like in place, then you won't even try to like get to the, okay, like their cave woman is sitting there like coming out trying to protect her. You're in your head making it all about you when their objections don't really have anything to do with you. I agree. And one of the things that there's like three points that I want to make, I'm going to try to hold on to them in my head. But on that last (laughs) point, one of the things I hate about the way sales gets taught a lot is that coaches, sales coaches will say, well, if somebody doesn't buy, they're just stupid. Right. And they put all the blame on the client. This was especially true with these people that had the proven scripts, you know, or just like, just ask these questions and then bully people and you'll make $10,000 in 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. So if you're getting a lot of no's, I mean, it could be that you're not getting on the phone with the right people. It could be that your messaging is off with so many things. And I I do deep, deep, deep dives with my clients because I don't want to fix something far down the line. I want to start fixing it at the root, right? And work my way up the line. But it could be a lot of times we just don't know how to convey the value in a way that the client gets it. And so sometimes we're losing sales because 
our sales skills, you know, need work. Sometimes people genuinely are not the right fit, right? And it's and it just takes practice. Gosh, there was so much and I've just I've lost it completely. Like, but you made you made a lot of really good points. I I yeah, I agree with that. I'm sure it'll pop back while we're continuing to talk, but can you t- can you circle back to the starting point concept that you were talking about before? What is that? Tell me mm. more about that. So most marketing and sales trainings focus all on the client's desires and what what they, you know, well, we'll talk about pain points, right? Sometimes to a point of, I don't think all pain points are toxic, but some people take it to a toxic level. But we don't, and we talk all about the after, but we don't talk enough about what the starting point is. And so one of the biggest problems in the coaching industry and in the business coaching niche specifically is that people put out programs that they're like, this will help everybody. And it's not true. Like as an entrepreneur, you need different things at different levels, right? So the starting point for my current pro, I have a lot of programs, the program I'm talking about most right now is the 5K Month Simplified. And this is the starting point is not just, oh, you're an entrepreneur, you're a coach, you're a healer, you've got high integrity. Great. This is the program for you. No, this is a program for people who are already making sales and they're either at a plateau and nothing they're doing seems to be moving the needle and they just haven't gotten to consistent 5K months yet. Or maybe they've had a couple 5K months, but it's it's inconsistent. You know, it could be that they're making 3K a month for a couple months and then nothing for a couple of months and they don't understand why. So, you know, I'm very clear with people when I'm talking to them, like they need to know their basic ICA. I'm going to help them refine it, but they need to have a handle on it. They already need to know that they're a coach or a healer or a web designer or whatever to have like an offer. And I mean, I can help refine, but this program, it's, it's only five weeks. So that's not enough time to build a business from the start. But if somebody is at that right starting point, I can help them double or triple their sales within a couple of months. And that's just, it's, it's hype marketing, you know, my stuff works for everybody. So they don't want to talk about the starting point or the starting point is all, if you're a a new entrepreneur and you want to make lots of money, if you're highly ambitious, if you're like, and it tells you nothing, (laughs) it's just a space holder. So your brain can be like, yep, they told me who it was for. But if you look at it and really you're like, this is, garbage. This is so general. This is nobody. This is just a bunch of hype and motivation with no, no, my words, no real content. Yeah. And I mean, not to get on a rant, but I guess I will get on a little bit of a rant. Like I get so not, I don't know, not angry is the right word, but it's more like when someone comes to me and they're like, I've tried so many things before and nothing has worked. Like, I'm just also like, it's because you probably should have been excluded from those things and you weren't. Yes. (laughs) You know, because greed, no one was looking out. Someone wasn't looking out for you or for, or on the thinking better of humans than sometimes I do. They didn't really realize that they didn't that they couldn't serve everybody. I'm hoping it's more naivety than like greed, but 
then when people finally find their way to us, they're like, I've tried, I've been in so many programs. Like, how is this one going to be different? Like I'm chasing this thing. And it's just like, I feel for them. And at the same time, I'm like, let me figure out what went wrong. Cause maybe I can't help you. I don't know, but I need to know what went wrong over here. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, no, no, no. Those were all like, they shouldn't have let you in or this, that, or that person's whatever. It's like, I don't know what went wrong, but we can dig into why do you think you didn't get the results? What what happened there? Because I might not be able to help you either. I'm not going to take your money if I don't think I can help you. <laughs> yes. <There you> go. <laughs> yeah. So that's like my sales process is really about like doing everything that I can to quote unquote diagnose about what's going on. And people can rant to me a little bit, but you know, at at a certain point it's like, okay, well that's in the past. Mm -hmm. And this is actually, this is actually something to be aware of, right? Is when people are talking about their past experiences and things didn't work, how much of it is just like frustration and how much of it is victimhood and wallowing? Because if somebody is really in victimhood, I can't help them. Right. You can't help them. There's some people in this world that they will spend a whole lot of money pretending to want help. And really, they just want other people to validate their victimhood. So that is something that I look for when I'm vetting potential clients and when we get on the sales call. But yeah, like it's not so important like what went wrong in their mentorship and their training, but me just looking and being like, what is actually happening now? Like, where are you in this moment? And, you know, is the problem that you're not getting any leads? Is the problem that you're getting leads, but they're not the right ones? Is the problem that you're getting on the phone with too many people and too many people are saying no? I really ask a lot of questions because I want to find out. And from there, I have the 5K months program, but I also have like a sales simplified program for newer entrepreneurs. And so, I'm mostly talking about this one that's for a little more advanced entrepreneurs, but often newer entrepreneurs will get on the phone and I'm not going to sell them the 5k month one. I'm going to be like, okay, what you actually need is this, right? Or, you know, if they're at a place and they're really like so new and so green and they have no idea, like they don't even know if they want to be a coach or a copywriter or whatever, that's not my person. So I'm going to refer out. And just, you know, having that integrity and, and some of it is a learning process. There's definitely clients that I took on in the past that they weren't upset with me, but I didn't feel like I helped them as much as maybe somebody else could, but I was new and I didn't know any better. And actually those people I've gone back and offered them free sessions from my, (laughs) because I'm just like, I feel so bad. (laughs) I think we've all been there. And and sometimes like. I have made the mistake, I guess I would say, of like letting the wrong people in, but I didn't know it at the time. And then, like you said earlier, it does really affect like how you show up, how you like for me, it sends me into like overwork and trying to like go into overdrive to help them get results or like whatever that means. And then from that place, then I'm like, oh, well, that didn't work. I don't want to do that again. So, in order to prevent that, I'm going to like build a 20 foot barbed wire fence around my business and make it really hard for anybody to get in because I don't want that to happen. And so you 
make the sales mm. process like so tight. Like, and then I've had to like de- pull those walls back down and deconstruct that. And it's like, if y'all can avoid that whole process by like really fixing your sales process, like that was such a convoluted path I went through to just fix my sales process. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and I think this is, this kind of brings up, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a tangent. Sure. I was speaking with another well, super high integrity entrepreneur. She's a health coach. And she was talking about, you know, I, I had a program and I had, you know, all this information. And she's like, I realized I was overwhelming people. And so I had to step back and say, okay, how can I refine my program so that I'm giving them enough information, but not overwhelming them? And how, and then she was talking about another client and in the learning process, she was like, oh my God, she's like, I eventually figured out what was the problem, why this woman couldn't lose weight. And she was like, and then I stopped and I was like, how could I have recognized this sooner? And she's constantly refining her offers and her services and her program because she actually cares. She's actually monitoring what's going on with her clients so that she can be of highest service. And that, you know, is similar. Like you were refining, you're like, okay, I didn't have enough boundaries around my sales and uh, the wrong people got in. Okay, now I've got too many boundaries. Okay, (laughs) now I got to, you know, that being willing to refine and look at client results and change the way that we're doing things so that we're serving people better. That's the kind of people I want to empower in this industry. Cause there, there's a lot of us. We're just not as loud as the scammy people are, unfortunately. <laughs> Very true. So you've mentioned your sales process a couple of times. Can you give us just a high level overview of how you either like teach that to people or step clients through that? What does that look like? It's so funny because like most of the people that come to me for sales help, whether they are new-ish or had a client that was already making 20K months when he came to me, but he was killing himself to do it, right? But like almost all of them, it goes back to ICA. And so, like I said, they need to have an idea. The people I work best with are people who already have a pretty good grasp on it and then I help them refine it. So that's the first thing. And then... It's very customized depending on what people need and and where they are. We do this deep dive of like where maybe they need better skills or maybe they need a shift in the mindset. Oh, and that that thing we're talking about, not having the employee mindset. That was one of the things that really helped me to start being more confident in my sales calls is instead of going into it like, okay, oh my God, I got to say everything right and I've got to make them choose me. I started listening to see if I thought they were a good fit. And so like, I don't call sales calls sales calls anymore because a sales call to me is like, it's a foregone conclusion that you're going to pitch. My calls are a consultation and I am really trying to figure out if you're the right fit. And if you're not, then I'm not going to pitch. And switching that mindset from having to convince them to kind of, they've got to convince me. It helped me to be more grounded and to be more present in my calls. So that was kind of like a side note, but I teach people to, instead of having generalized scripts, I think they're like the worst things in the world. We create a custom kind of bank of questions and kind of a structure for them to take people through so that they're efficiently getting the information that they need and they can be friendly and all that, but they're not stuck on 45 minute phone calls 
or longer. A lot of what I do also, I'm kind of going all out of order, is the pre-qualifying process because I don't want people getting on phone calls with people that they're not 90% sure are going to say yes. You have way better things to do with your time and it's demoralizing to get told no over and over and over again, right? So a lot of what makes what I do different is really that how to pre-qualify people, how to figure out as quickly as possible if they're a viable lead or if there's somebody you should refer out or somebody you should just block and run away from. <laughs> and then, you know, so we have the the custom questions. I teach them like not only like what questions to ask, but what they're listening for. And, you know, when you're asking a question like, you've tried to lose weight for five years and you've hired a variety of coaches, you've done Weight Watchers, you've done blah, 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 blah. Why do you feel like it didn't work, right? So you're getting an idea of like how their commitment, their determination, their level of victimhood, all of that, like in this one question. And if you don't know how to listen to that, you miss out on so much, right? And then I teach them how to customize pitching. One of the things that people screw up with sales is they try to pitch the same way to every person. And that's going to get you a lot more no's and a lot more objections than you really need. And then we go over how to address concerns rather than overcome objections. It's similar to things. I mean, I'm not going to say that I totally reinvented the wheel, but it's a much more humanistic approach to sales. Yeah, that's what it sounds like every step of the way. You're like, oh, I'm taking into consideration making sure that this is the best next step for the person I'm talking to every step of the way. You said something that like jumped out at me where like getting no after no after no is demoralizing or can be demoralizing. Can you talk more? I guess I'm trying to frame my question, but like that's one of the things that I see my students in the Web Designer Academy struggle with the most when they're like, you know, I've gotten two no's in a row or, and then they, they want to like go and change a bunch of other stuff about their business that they don't need to change. It's that they, maybe the person isn't the right person. I know we've kind of covered this, but how do you help people make that shift between like being demoralized by a no to, I don't know, learning from it? Or how do you coach people through hearing no, I guess would be the very short way to <laughs> to answer <laughs> to that long, windy question. No. And it's, and it's a great question because it is so, it's very common. And learning... I say that like learning sales and marketing is simplicated uh, or sales and market are, are marketing are simplicated. They're simple to learn. They are complicated to implement and to implement them well. You know, it's very easy to go watch a training and be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And then when you go to try to apply it to your business, you're just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> which is why like those big group programs are horrible because there's just not enough support, but I won't get on a soapbox about that right now. Okay. So one of the things that I do that's really powerful with my clients is once we put together their custom sales process for them is that we then do a call where they sell to me. We do a mock call and then we record it. And then I go back and give them audio feedback and say, okay, that what you did right there was perfect. Always do that. Right. Or 
I might go back in the audio and say, okay, this is how I responded as your mock client, but here's some tips on how to respond if somebody responds in different ways, right? And then I also tell them like, usually it's around the pitch, like their voice gets lower. <laughs> their whole energy changes, you know, they they get a little slumpy. And I'm able to say like, hey, and I have some exercises. One is to like, close your eyes and think of yourself as like, I had one client who her, one of her role models was Oprah, you know, Oprah, very powerful, very well-spoken. And whenever she would get into those moments where her energy would kind of, her energy would withdraw and she just wasn't as confident. Well, I'm like, okay, close your eyes, pretend you're Oprah and now do it. It's complicated. Like you, sales, it is complicated. You've got to, I apologize for my phone making noise. (laughs) There's confidence, there's communication it's a whole skill set. And this is one of the things that people neglect so much. They take these programs and it's all about marketing and they think that people are going to show up and just start throwing credit cards at them because their content's really good. And it's like 99% of us that doesn't work for. And they don't understand how powerful like sales skills are. Did that kind of answer your question? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, with web designers... They are like, oh, if I just have a good enough portfolio, then I don't have to like learn how to sell. My portfolio will sell for me. And I'm like, no, that's not really how that works. But one of the things that you were saying there, it's like when you're reviewing your clients, your students or your your student sales calls, and you can see that point where they get kind of small. Do they turn into the cave person at that point? Like, are they like trying to protect themselves? When they do that, like, is that kind of a, like, they go into their fear brain of like, I'm going to like harm this person or be rejected. And I'm asking for a friend (laughs) because (laughs) because I still, I do a lot of discovery calls for our Web Designer Academy program. And for the longest time, I wasn't doing discovery calls. I was doing like an application and we'd like, it would be asynchronous, right? We'd like chat back and forth, but it wasn't like me and you face to face. I'm saying to you, here's here's what this looks like. And I'm looking you in the eye as you are turning into your cave person. So for me, the moment felt very vulnerable. It still does. And it feels less and less every time, but I can't quite figure out like, why am I going there? So I was curious if like that happens to us because if it's if I can see it happening to them, I can kind of feel it happening to me, but I'm trying to like power through it. I love your transparency and your vulnerability. Like that to me is a mark of a really great mentor. And I get nervous pitching. And this is what I do, you know. I've never thought I'll have to get back to you about the caveman thing, but What I think it is, is that it is a moment of vulnerability, especially for those of us who I hate heart-centered entrepreneurs because that's been used to death by people who are not heart-centered, but for lack of a better word, we really care and we've put our heart and our soul in our business. And so it's a vulnerable moment to say, this is this thing and, and this is the value. And I think that people, number one... 
I think the coaching, the coaching on, on the online world, whatever, creates imposter syndrome because there's so many skewed testimonials and case studies and blah, 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 blah. So imposter syndrome is a real thing, but I think a lot of the marketing in the online space perpetuates it. And then I think those of us that are high integrity, like we can do everything possible to vet someone before we pitch to them, but we don't know for sure whether they're going to get results. And that is heartbreaking for us. So one of, but one of the tips that I give my clients for how to pitch more powerfully is not only kind of like imagine your Oprah or Deadpool or <laughs> whoever works for you, but <laughs> wouldn't that be entertaining? <laughs> but one, one thing that you can do is to walk around your house. And if your program is $5,000, walk around your pro- house going, you know, my program is 12 weeks and it's $7,000. My program is 12 weeks and it's $7,000. And you're just saying it over and over again at that higher price point. So that when you're on the call and you have to say like the real price point, it's not quite as scary. I think you tapped into something there when you were talking about like, I can vet you and I can look at all of the things that I look at and all of the questions I'm asking and listen for those answers. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I can't jump into your body and like do the things for you and all of the things. All I know is that I will, I am a hundred percent, a thousand percent committed to getting you to the finish line. You have to be that committed also. And I have to remind myself of that. Like, I will show up in what I'm supposed to do all day, a hundred percent. And like, I'm not going to back down from that ever, but I think like, it was just like, oh, that whole reallocation of resources conversation, where if it's like, if I'm inviting you to reallocate your resources, to come into my world, to co-create this thing together, and I'm having any doubts about my ability to lead you through that, then I'm going to be weird. Or maybe it is just like, this is a vulnerable moment. And it just is. And it gets to be that way. And maybe I don't doubt it. Maybe I just get to honor it for what it is, is like, here's a moment where I'm asking you to like, change your life. And that's vulnerable to invite someone to do that. So no, I really appreciate what you shared. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. And I think it is, you know, for those, for those of us who really, really care, the last thing we want is for somebody to not get results with us. Not only because it might hurt our reputation, but it would just hurt our heart. So one thing that I did that really helped me with this, because I would have a lot of anxiety about like, I kind of had the 20 foot fence that you were talking about, like around (laughs) my sales process. And let me say this, everybody can go into it with the best of intentions. And sometimes you don't know what's the right fit until you get into it. Right. So this happened to me with a client who looked a lot more advanced than she was. And this is, this is super common. I've got another one. I've got another client that's similar to this now, although she's more teachable. But this, this particular client had a podcast, had a thousand people in a Facebook group, you know, had killer graphics, looked like she was killing it, couldn't even sell a $9 infographic to her group because her IC, she didn't have an ICA. And so when... She actually kind of rushed me through the sales process, which I, I then I was like, okay, I'm going to look out for that. And if somebody's rushing me through the sales process and it can be exciting that people are like, I want to buy, I want to buy. But 
if they're being pushy like that, they're going to be pushy as clients too, right? So lesson learned. But I ended up letting her out of the contract because it was going to be hell working with this person. And she wasn't happy. She didn't want to take my suggestions. And so I just said, okay, you owe me for what you've done, but I'm letting you out of the contract. And at that point, I went back and amended my contract and I added in what I call an escape clause. And it clearly lists why a client can fire me and also why I can fire a client and how we handle any monies owed from there. So that way I can sell with confidence and also know that I'm not trapped. They're not trapped if it turns out to not be a good fit. It's so interesting that you say that because I'm just like, oh, well, that's what I teach our web designers too. Like, obviously, you're not going to continue an arrangement if it's not working. And you're going to make the other person whole to the extent that whatever's been exchanged. So it's just, it's, yeah. But it's so important to remember that too. Like when you're going, I think about this, like if you've, I've entered into like, not business partnerships, but like collaborations with other business owners. And the thing that we talked about first is like, okay, if this doesn't work out, how do we break up? You know, like a prenup. Here's how, because I hope we never have to use this. But if we do, but here's how it's going to work. If it's spelled out, and how they react to that conversation tells you a lot about who they are and how they're going to be. I think that's brilliant. And I talk to people about, I tell people there is the escape clause. If they're like, I don't know, I don't know if this is going to work. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not going to be stuck with it. And, and it's clearly in the contract that they that they get before they pay anything. I know you had a hard stop. I've got I know, a hard I was stop. just looking. I, I was I like, I could to talk her. to you for like two more hours, but we do have to wrap this up because we have to wrap this up. So I'm feeling like there's maybe a part two in our future. But uh, <laughs> tell everybody where can they go to learn more about you, to learn more about your program that you mentioned, to learn more about working with you, and really like diving deep into like their sales process. Yes. So um, heatherwild.com, there's not a lot on there right now. Honestly, the best thing to do is to go to Facebook and I'm uh, facebook.com at heatherwildcoach. And I've got a great free Facebook group. These days, I'm just as much of an ethical sales coach as I am a consumer advocate. I'm all about safe coaching, clear it, clean up the online space. <laughs> I love it. I'll link all of that up in the show notes. And for those of you who are listening and not going to go to the show notes, her last name is spelled W-Y-L-D-E. So when you look that up and I'll link all of that up in the show notes. Heather, thank you so much for being here. I, it was a joy to talk to you and get to know you better. And yeah, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you, Shannon. This was so, so fun. I appreciate you. All right. We'll see y'all back here next week. Bye, everyone. Hey there. Before we dive into this week's episode, I'm so, so excited to announce that our eighth annual Simply Profitable Designer Summit is open for registration, and you can get your free ticket right now at simplyprofitabledesigner.com. We have an incredible lineup of 35 expert speakers who are sharing their best strategies and freshest, most innovative ideas 
on topics like recurring revenue streams, ways to add value to your projects without adding more of your time, using AI to exponentially reduce the amount of time you're spending on strategy and design without sacrificing quality, strategies for scaling your web design business, innovative systems and processes, pricing strategies, sales strategies, how to avoid burnout so that you protect the most valuable asset in your web design business, you, and so much more. The event runs live from March 18th to March 22nd, so go ahead and grab your free ticket now at simplyprofitabledesigner.com. That's simplyprofitabledesigner.com. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.